Hi, friends. Welcome to episode 170 of Motherhood in Hollywood. I'm Heather Brooker, and I'm so excited because I have an amazing mama on the show today. Her name is Lara Scott, and she is a radio host here in Los Angeles for one of the top radio stations in LA. And I cannot wait for her to share her story of motherhood and how she found herself to be at the top of the radio game. So it's going to be a really good show. But first, I want to tell you guys about our sponsor. Motherhood in Hollywood is sponsored by Democracy Clothing. This, as you've heard me say before, if you've been following along at home, these are my dream jeans. These are jeans that are fit for every curve. I have a big booty, bigger thighs. I have a a big tummy and I need, it's hard for me to find jeans. So I need jeans that are going to fit me comfortably without like rolling down in the front or leaving a big gap in the back. And that's what democracy jeans are all about. Go to democracyclothing.com to find out more about their no gap waistband, their absolution jeans. Uh, They have slimming mesh panels and a booty lift. Um, So go to democracy clothing to find out more about that. But also they have beautiful blouses and shirts and um, other items of clothing that you're going to want to check out. Democracyclothing.com. You can buy them online or in stores. All right, you guys, let's get started with today's show. Here we go. Come on, Mama. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Hey, friends. I am so glad you're here for this week's episode because... It is a great one. I have a new friend. Her name is Lara Scott. She is a radio personality here at K-Earth 101 in Los Angeles. And we are we have so much in common. I found out through this um, conversation with her how much our worlds are so similar. And um, it's just a joy. One of the things I love about the show, it's just a joy to get to know people and get to know their story and then find commonalities and make friends and be friends with them. And I think I got, I got so excited talking to her at several points that I'm pretty sure I talked most of the time. I was like, oh my God, no way, me too. And then, because you know how when you find somebody that's sort of like a kindred spirit and someone that you're excited to know, you just sort of start um, uh, getting excited and saying, oh, I do this too. And oh yeah, me too. And and you guys get to hear that as it's happening <laughs> during my conversation with Lara. So you guys are going to love her. I adore talking with her. Um, so you guys are definitely going to enjoy this conversation that we had. And I am gearing up to go to Utah. I have been asked to come back to Mama Spring Break and be the keynote speaker for um, their second conference of the year. And I'm so thrilled to be a part of it. Mama Spring Break is part of the Mama Ladder, which is all about empowering women to make their own corporate ladder um, while balancing family and incorporating their family into their business world. And I mean, that's essentially what I have done with motherhood in Hollywood quite by accident. I never set out to start a business. Um, I started motherhood in Hollywood very selfishly to want to make friends and like network and get to know people. Um, but, uh, it ended up being so much more than that. 
And now it is a full-fledged business. Um, I, uh, and turned into a career, you know, I'm, I'm working now at NBC as a reporter because of it, something I never thought would happen. So I'm so thrilled to be going back um, and speaking at the conference there. And then on my way back, oh, I'm not coming straight home, people. I am going to Las Vegas. What? I'm going to Vegas to have a little anniversary uh, noogie time (laughs) with my husband. Um, And I'm really looking forward to that because I love Las Vegas. I might have a gambling problem. Um, It's one of my favorite things to do. Chris, Chris will tell you that he's had to be like, please walk away. Please walk away. When I be like up, you know, a few hundred bucks. Like for me, if I win 40 bucks, you know, I feel like I've hit the jackpot. So I love Vegas. We're going to try to do it a little like a little more luxurious than we usually do. When we go to Vegas in the past, it's always been like super low budge. Um, we'd stay at the Orleans hotel off strip because we got free nights there and, um, just use our coupons and stuff like that. But this time we're going to go a little more, a little more VIP, a little more swankalicious. Um, so I'm excited to take you guys, uh, with us on that journey virtually. Of course, please don't show up at my hotel. Um, all right. So yeah, more fun things coming up, but I'll share that with you guys in the next episode. I want to get right to this interview with Lara because I think you're going to love her as much as I do. Here is my interview with Lara Scott. So I have to admit, I'm slightly intimidated today for my guest this week because she is a radio um, extraordinaire, um, knows all about broadcasting, um, and I'm sitting here in my dinky office with my Amazon microphones. (laughs) But this is Lara Scott. She is a radio host, DJ, I'm going to call you all of them, broadcaster, broadcast journalist, whatever. Yes, all of the above. Uh, All of the above for K-Earth here in Los Angeles, which also broadcasts online all over, right? Yes, we're on the radio.com app. Shameless Amazing. plug. Yes. Um, yeah, no mm-hmm. need to have shame. Just plug away. <laughs> um, Lara, thank you for coming over. Thank you for having me. And you know that I am such a fan of the podcast that it's a Aww. little surreal to be sitting here right now. Get out of here. Every That's week. too nice. Thank you. And now you get to see a little behind the scenes where the magic of motherhood in Hollywood happens. <laughs> Not as glamorous as where you probably were thinking, huh? I love it. And, you know, I came in and I said, this is so great because everybody can broadcast now. You everybody don't need can. to be part of a station. Yeah. Radio stations are still amazing, but everybody gets to have a voice. Now, I love that you're on the radio, but you listen to podcasts. All the time. Because it's like, I guess it's sort of similar because I'm I'm on television and I, I watch TV. I mean, I guess it's sort of the same kind of a, a idea behind it. But... What is it about radio that you love? I mean, you've been doing it for a long time. And what what, is, what kind of was the impetus for you to get started there? I always loved music. I was just a big oh, yeah. music nerd. So I would read the fan magazines when I was a kid. So, I mean, I kind of stumbled into it. Do you want to hear the story? Of course. It, it started with a dare yeah. from a friend of mine no at way. a party. When I was 17, I was living in Bend, Oregon. And I promise I'll come back to your question unless yeah. I have mommy brain and forget. And you have to <laughs> remind, remind me. You, yeah. uh, but I was uh, at a party with a friend of mine in Bend, Oregon when I was 17 in there was a new morning guy on the local top 40 station mm-hmm. and my friend said he sounds cute Lara you should get a job there so I can meet him and I said great oh my God. let's call right now so we actually we went to the phone book and looked up what? the number called the night girl answered she said yes we're hiring call this number back tomorrow but I thought it'd be I thought it'd be office help there yeah. is a lot to unpack in that right. story first of all <laughs> you're an awesome friend Aw. did your friend get a date with the DJ she did not because he had a girlfriend Aww. yeah I know and but I got a job all, yeah, yeah you but you got a job. And second of all, 
how amazing to just be able to call a radio station and go, can I have a job? Are you hiring? I was so fearless. But that is one of the things I love about radio is that we're Mm -hmm. there. We're there. All You know, you can usually call and talk to a live person. And it's very immediate. And, you know, I don't want people to call and talk to me. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Hi, are you hiring? (laughs) I actually tried that when I first started Mm -hmm. Motherhood in Hollywood because I was reading all these tips on like how to have a successful Mm -hmm. podcast. And it was like, you got to have a number where people can call in and talk to you so they feel like they have a connection. So I set up a hotline, an MIH hotline. I blasted it all over Twitter, all over, you know, my social media or whatever. And all I got were crank calls from like teen boys <laughs> that were like, Is, are you a mom in Hollywood? And I was like, oh, I am failing in some way. This Can't use that working. one on the air. Yeah. <laughs> it's not working. It's not working. Um, but I love that story. I love that that's sort of how it started. But then mm-hmm. um, what kept you around? Like what uh, made you, was it just the love of music? Well, it was, I found out I was going to get free CDs. So that was oh, a, a big part of it back in the 90s. That was huge. But um, also, yes. I can, I'm sorry to interrupt. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait for you to meet my husband because he was a radio DJ in the 90s and early 2000s. And it all started because of his love of music. And he still to this day is very passionate about music. He was the music director for our college station in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and then went on to be um, music director for uh, a top 40 station in Topeka. And he worked for like in Tulsa as well at a rock station so I cannot wait he's going to be here in like half an hour I can't wait for you we're going to geek out over like music scheduling systems DJ nerds DJ nerds it's well you know and music was what drew me in I used to make DJ tapes for my mom as a kid but I never seriously thought I'll be on the radio one day I didn't know how to get into that or how to do it like Mm mixtapes was it you talking over them I would plug my microphone in not unlike this setup Heather actually I had my little stereo and I would plug my mic in but I just had the little record players so I would have to change yeah. the record while I was talking did you hit your post I sometimes talked over the post <laughs> and that means I talked over when Janet Jackson started singing no. as I was giving my fun facts I know no and I couldn't just go back and erase yeah, it easily yeah. so my mom still has those somewhere oh, so I love that story yeah. that thank is you so sweet well I told them that was my experience when I showed up at the station because I thought I'd help in the office but they were actually looking for people for like DJs to be on the air yeah, on the yeah. weekend yeah but they were like great you're hired and, you do know. they still call radio DJs DJs or do they are they like hosts now or is there any other how has it evolved it just kind of changes a little bit they like to refer to us as personalities you oh, know yeah, so I it could be that. yeah DJ jock yeah. host personality I feel like used. that's sort of happening in broadcast television mm-hmm. as well where you kind of I mean the news stations are still hardcore like you're a reporter you're a journalist or whatever but now the lines are sort of being blurred into like host and personality and mm-hmm. whatever like I even find myself sort of in this gray area where it's like well I'm not a I mean, I'm technically a reporter is my title, but I'm not like a hard hitting journalist anymore. I mean, I go talk about movies and goof around on the red carpet. (laughs) So it's not like I'm particularly like, you know, journalistic uh, anymore. But um, no, I think that's great. So you then how did you end up in L.A.? Well, the other thing that I loved about radio, just back Mm -hmm. up real quick, was the connection. And I was hooked from that first day. We had a number that you could call in, as Mm -hmm. I, you know, had found out when I had called in. And people would call and say, hey, could you wish my friend a happy birthday? And so I wish him a happy birthday. And they call back and say they got so excited. So I thought, this is kind of cool. I've always been a very shy person. Mm -hmm. I kind of masquerade as an extrovert. So (laughs) this was a way for me to kind of like be around people, but not be around them at the same time. So I loved that. Yeah, I loved that idea of being able to talk to someone 
many people, but in an intimate way. Because usually people listen by themselves. Mm -hmm. Similar with podcasting. You're like my friend in the car when I'm driving to work. See, I think about that. um, I often wonder, like, first of all, is anybody listening? Mm -hmm. And I know that they are because I get messages and stuff every now and then. But when you're here by yourself, and I'm here in my office, basically, all by myself, just sort of talking about what's going on. I wonder, is anybody listening to this? <laughs> Does anybody really care what I'm doing for the week or what I'm planning for my kid's birthday? Um, so that's what's nice is I always ask people, like, give me feedback. Like, let me hear from you mm-hmm. so I know. There's, But I have to say there's also a part of me that would probably still do it anyway, even if nobody was listening. Because in the beginning, mm-hmm. nobody was listening. Like, I would get, like, 20 downloads and be like, well, I know Chris is one and probably my mom, and, you know, and, like, my best friends. But it just grew and built and built and built. And um, and now it's, like, tens of dozens of people listen. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm proudly one of them. Well, and they did a, a study, like a rating study, when mm-hmm. I was in Bend. I, I landed six nights a week, the midnight to 6 a.m. slot Ooh, in uh, Bend, Oregon, lucky. like, population 19,000. They did a study and found that no one was listening. Like, I remember seeing the zero number. Like, the country station had some people and the rock station had some people, but we had none. But in a way, it freed me up to go, yeah. well, why don't I why don't I try doing this because I didn't know who I was on there I mean you're honestly, still kind of trying to figure out yeah. your, your persona a little bit probably yeah like was I gonna try to be the sexy girl obviously not you know was <laughs> I gonna try to be really funny no you know I'm just kind of like the the girl next door yeah which is who are. I am in real life you know and yeah. I kind of settled into that and got comfortable and does that match does that match up with the type of music that you play and the type of music that you enjoy because you know every station has their niche um, uh, does your persona line up with that and does it match your real life personality? Definitely. Yeah. I've never been one to be on the rock station. Like mm-hmm. I've applied for those jobs and I didn't even get a rejection letter. I never heard back, you know, or <laughs> I tried to work at a hip hop station once in San Francisco ah. and they were like, no, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I you know, so I've, I've tried things, you know, smooth yeah. jazz, not really a good fit for me. So yeah, my first station was top 40 and mm-hmm. I kind of always have been on that track. I've worked for country stations. Uh, I, when I first came to LA, oh, you asked about coming to LA. So backing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I stayed in Bend, Oregon for three years. It took me three years to get through two-year college. And then I went to <laughs> Portland to finish my degree. And yeah. uh, so all in all, it was almost six years to get my BS in philosophy. Okay. And I started working at another station in Portland. There I did 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Uh, I was like, so <laughs> slightly better. Ooh. I would do my homework. I'd go to class during the day mm-hmm. and worked at a couple stations there, learned how to schedule music, which is something your husband probably knows a lot about. Yes. Kind of like gained some more skills. Got recruited by a station in San Francisco. I was there oh, for a year and a half. Cool. Yeah, and then came down here. So that's yeah, so it took neat. A while. I love here. I love that because there. Um, I went to journalism school at Oklahoma State. It's where I met Chris. He was a he was in broadcast for radio, and I was in broadcast for television. He wanted to be a, a DJ and music director, and I wanted to be a, a reporter. So we. Um, he got a job in Tulsa and then I got a job up in Topeka and eventually our, our worlds came together. But I remember college like splicing radio tape, like the audio tape mm-hmm. together and using tape to like make sure your edits were smooth and all that. And like, 
it's so funny now because nobody would I don't think anybody does splicing like that anymore oh yeah we had the razor blade and yeah, the, the little pencil blade. and you'd be mm-hmm. like ur, 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 yep. ur, ur, and then you'd realize you cut too much and you had to dig through the trash and hopefully yep. find the right piece of discarded yeah. tape and try to patch it back together <laughs> to get your contest winner on the air uh, I remember doing that we gave away spam when I was in Bend our prize oh was spam God. and a spam bank and I remember messing up the winner phone call and they oh, were not happy no. with me about that they needed to hear that winner they needed to hear the <laughs> spam winner oh my god well, I, um, I, when you're talking about the midnight shift, the overnight shift, when I first got my first job as a reporter out of college was in St. Joseph, Missouri. And I was so excited. I was making $13,000 a year. And I was like, yes, I have made it. Um, moved up to St. Joe and realized quickly, I can't afford to live like this. So I had to get another job. And the only other really thing I knew how to do was other broadcasting type stuff. So I got a job as the weekend overnight DJ at the local radio station. I love it. I bet you were great. It was um, ridiculous because I made up a fake name because my the general manager at my TV station didn't want people to know that their, uh, their 10 o'clock reporter, their main reporter, was ha- having to moonlight as a DJ. What was your name? It was Kennedy because I yes. loved the MTV DJ. Yes, Kennedy. Kennedy. <laughs> I thought she was so cool. So I was like, I'm going to be Kennedy. I don't know. And um, so I would, uh, and then I had to get a part-time job, another part-time job at the local department store so I could afford to buy nicer clothes on air. So I would get up in the morning. I would go work at Dillard's from uh, 9 to 12.30. I would go to the station by two. I would work until 1030 at night. Um, and then on Fridays I would go home right to the radio station after work and I would work the midnight to six, go home, sleep all day, Saturday, get up, have dinner, go back to the station Saturday night and do it all over again. And I did that for almost a year. And that was back when I was only 21 and I could do it. I cannot imagine doing that now, but I loved working at the radio station. I didn't want to stop doing that. I would have rather left the department store because like you, I didn't like, like I'm a social person, but I also have moments of like, where I just want to have some privacy. Mm -hmm. You just sort of want to be alone. Like I'm an only child. So I get introspective a lot. Um, so I loved being in that DJ booth and like just talking about music, you know, like Mm -hmm. it was just so fun. So it was so fun. So I totally understand that. Yeah. And that's funny because I had a similar schedule when I was in my early 20s, like 21, 22. I was working at Nordstrom, seasonal employees. So I got the discount. I spent my whole paycheck there on clothes. I love it. And then I do my overnights. And then on the weekends, I would DJ weddings and reunions. So at that point, it was a lot of like the 80s reunions. I was playing Salt and Peppa, you know, all those great like late 80s, late 80s songs and artists. But you're right now, I think about that. I'm Mm -hmm. like, I could use some of that energy to help with my two children. Like Mm -hmm. I used to go nonstop and I would sleep three hours here and four hours there but you know thankfully it all paid off yes but I always kind of felt like okay I'm building towards something you're on like the number let's see K-Earth has like the number one morning show yeah right and are they the number one station overall it's us in usually K-Big or I'm sorry my FM it used to be K-Big now it's my FM and some other stations kind of come and go but usually we're in the top three that's amazing we're so grateful we have three million listeners a week that's amazing like I can't think about it same I can't think about it same motherhood in Hollywood is basically (laughs) the same um you have devoted fans right yeah um I love that and I we were just talking a second ago about um Mm k-rock now i have been a huge like k-rock fan i know they're in the same building with you um uh and uh i've been a big k-rock fan i've listened to them forever and a day and they're like getting ready to have like massive turnover because Mm -hmm. of their morning show is sort of coming unhinged um 
one of their main DJs is leaving to go to uh, London or England or yeah, whatever. After 20 years, after 30 years, maybe? 30 years, something yeah, like that. Yeah, a couple yeah. decades. Yeah, yeah so they're, they're, they're trying to, guess, like, restructure and regroup and figure out the next plan. And that made me wonder, and I started kind of doing a little digging and wondering about the status of radio. Because I wonder, are people still listening to terrestrial radio? Mm-hmm. My husband, he, he doesn't think so. He thinks nobody's really listening. He thinks, like, streaming services like Pandora and Spotify, that's where it's at. Apple Music um podcasts those are all consuming people's ear space mm-hmm. right now and i'm just curious from your end like what is it is that something you ever worry about is there a concern like are people going to keep listening and you know you being like in the top three always maybe it's not a concern no that's always been a concern like is anybody yeah. listening yeah. I, I, I am a very anxious person so i'm always like is this it and they always joke that you're only as good as your last shift so you sure. have to bring it every single day mm-hmm. you know and you're going into the same studio and it's kind of the same thing but you have to find ways to make it fresh and relevant to what's yeah. happening that day yeah. and certainly you know, we're not just competing with other radio stations now. We're competing with podcasts and not just audio, but people are watching Netflix in their car, mm-hmm. which I don't recommend, by the way, <laughs> unless you're in the back of an Uber. Yeah, please don't. Uh, you know, people are watching <laughs> movies. So we're competing basically with the world at this point. So in many ways, it's made us better. Yeah. It's been good for radio because we've realized we have to improve. We have to connect more. We have to get ourselves out mm-hmm. onto these other platforms. Yeah. Because um, that's why yeah. you said you're streaming now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. something that radio stations just started doing, I feel like, in the past several years is realizing, oh, we can stream globally, like around the world, yeah. our, our content here. Yeah. So. And we get texts from Idaho. We get people it's that great. are listening in Scotland that are like, it's raining here. You're talking about it's 90 in California. We hate you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> We're jealous. What's going on there? got to yeah. come. Um, yeah. And also educating people that you can listen to radio on your smart speakers at home. You know, mm-hmm. we have little sweepers that play between the songs that talk about that. That's so great. So, you know, I think what it comes down to, Heather, if somebody is creating a great product, mm-hmm. you know, and for years people listened to talk radio on AM radio and it was like... <sighs> But they wanted that content so Mm -hmm. badly. And I think you really have to create something that's worth seeking out. Because radio used to be just kind of the default thing. Like you're in your car, you just put the radio on, it's free, it's easy. Yes. But now, you know, we really have to give them a reason to tune in. Reason to tune in and Mm -hmm. find your station for sure. And I think that the personalities are the main reason to do that, which is why you guys are number three, because you are or number one in a lot of the uh, key, uh, key time frames, is because of you and your personality. People love you. Well, thank you. I, I would love to take credit. It's Actually, it's the music. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, I don't drive what, them away. We should tell yeah. people, like, what kind of music is K-Earth? So we are 70s, 80s, and 90s. So yeah. we, I know, right? A lot of... Um, Chris Christopherson or Christopher Cross sailing like we'll, that. We'll bring it up a little bit more than that. But it's funny. I love Christopher Cross. Yeah, <laughs> I read I like the wind. Like, yeah. don't get me started. Uh, but yeah. we're a lot of Madonna and Duran Duran mm-hmm. and Depeche Mode. So we're sort of heavily yes. in the 80s. But we'll bust out more than a feeling from Boston or Paul McCartney. Yes. You know, so we really try to mix it up. And it's up tempo for the most part. It's mm-hmm. fun. People always say they listen because they want to feel good. And yeah. they're not going to hear anything that upsets them. We're well, not meant to be provocative. No, yeah. and it's a station that you, you could hear like in your doctor's office or your grocery store or you could play in your car or you could play with your kids around. And like, so yeah. that's what I think is a is very appealing. Whereas K-Rock, probably not so much or like, you know, even K-Day, <laughs> which I love. I I listen to K-Day, which is rap and hip hop, uh, old school rap and hip hop. I listen to them a lot because um, I'm a gangster. 
Uh, <laughs> they play really good music. I love Harry Light, old school Tupac on there. Yeah. yeah it's a yeah. great station. They totally do. Yeah. Um, okay. So you mentioned your two kids. Yes. I would love to talk about them if you were comfortable with it. Absolutely. So yeah. how old are they? And tell me what was it like when you decided to have kids? Was it something you hesitated in, in your career? Were you worried that, um, it was going to cause any stumbling blocks in your career at all? All of the above, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I never really thought that I would be a mom. Again, I was so mm-hmm. just career-obsessed career yeah. and you know, working around the clock. And just My goal was always to get to L.A. because I had a boss when I first started out, when I left Ben, said, you will never work in radio again. And I thought, <gasps> I will show you, I mister. Show you. I, I will that. show you I will get to L.A. I you know, that no what I have attitude. to do. You know, so I used that to really drive me uh, and turned it into a positive. So I I was so grateful to make it down here and got married and sort of the years went by. My husband works in TV and I remember one night. What does he do? Can he he, get me a job? You know what? (laughs) I need to talk to you because he works in reality TV. Oh, wow. Okay. Then we have some things to discuss. We'll talk about them off the mic. Um. Uh, So I remember we were at dinner one night and I mean, I was like a hard drinking, partying, (laughs) crazy girl for years. And I finally had sort of, um, I gave up drinking when we got married, just really calmed down. I went to work at a Christian station because I had burned myself out and just needed to kind of just, again, bring things down a bit. Be be lifted up a little bit, which Christian music totally does. It was inspirational. It was a great place to work, and Mm -hmm. I was there for 10 years. And um, you're going to love, actually, what they did for me after I had my son. But my husband said, I think that we should have kids. And I said, no way. And he said, well, I think think if we don't, we'll regret it more than, than if we do. And I really thought about that because I was in my 30s, at the early 30s at the time, and I was like, yeah, you know, time is going by fast. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once I've passed a certain point, you can't go back and redo it. And yeah. maybe I could be a good mom. Maybe I could figure it out. And so I got pregnant really easily and went to my work. I realized really quickly something would probably have to change because I had a long commute. You know, I was working on the weekends and I asked if they would consider letting me work from home, setting up a home studio. So great. Like that is yeah. the dream with yeah. radio jobs. Like speaking of Ke- uh, Kevin and Bean on K-Rock, like yeah. one of them, is it Kevin or Bean? One of them works like in Seattle or yeah. lives in Seattle. He He's not even in LA. Right. They so have a video camera. They have and a video the mic, camera. Yeah. And they can see each other in the guest, but they've been that doing that for 10 years. the beauty yeah. of radio mm-hmm. and any voiceover work like that you can set up a studio in your house and still produce high quality you know great content so yeah. I love that so they let you set it up in your house yeah it, it, it was great I remember somebody emailed they said I'm praying that you'll find a way to work from home and I said well actually I'm broadcasting from my bathroom <laughs> uh, which, so I went to my boss and I said you know would you ever consider letting me work from home and mm-hmm. a talk show host I think he had refused to drive across the valley from like one side of the valley to the other here in LA which you know that can be a good hour and a half two oh hours gosh, yes so the uh, office is in Glendale uh, and so they had set something like that up for him for a while. And mm-hmm. so they figured out how to do it. And we had a, a bathroom that we weren't using. So I did not sit on the, the toilet. That was not you my, got yourself my a chair. Yes. I got myself an actual <laughs> chair and a desk. We ripped out the sink. I put Oralex from Home Depot on the walls. That's great. My mother-in-law made a really thick shower curtain to kind of, you know, every now and then I'd have to pause when a, mm-hmm. a, a garbage truck was coming down the alley. I'd be like, hold up. Uh, but I worked out of my house for about a year and a half until I That's came back so into the great. office. It was great. Um, but I thought, Heather, oh, you know, once I have the baby, things will be great. It'll be like the ads. Mm-hmm. He will sleep a lot and I'll just work. While he's sleeping. And I realized about an hour into his life that things maybe weren't going to go as I had planned. So I ended up hiring a part-time babysitter Mm -hmm. so I could get some work done. And I 
I honestly don't know how I got through that first year. Yeah. I remember that was when uh, I had had a blog because I would do a daily trivia question and I would oh, cool. post answers on there. Mm-hmm. And then it turned into kind of a cry for help after my son was born. It was oh like, God, I'm not sleeping and I'm barely making it, but I'm so happy. Yeah. <laughs> I love my son, but I'm dying. I love it. Please yes. send help and food. Yes. Uh, but somehow we got through that first year and a half. And then a couple wow. years later, we decided to try for try a second again. baby. Yeah. Because you forget. You forget. Right. <laughs> Enough time we goes laugh by. now, yeah. Enough like, time ah. goes by and you're like, oh, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. It, you know, and second time around, I thought it was going to be easy again, but I actually had three miscarriages oh, between goodness. kids. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was able to have my daughter finally. And we got to a point where I... I'd been at that station for about nine years, and mm-hmm. I just kind of felt like it was time to really kick my career back into high gear again. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's going to happen now or it's not going to happen. Like, I really right. want to get myself back in the game. And uh, she was almost a year old at that point, and the opportunity to move over to K-Earth came up and had the conversation with my husband. Like, this is it's not a totally different level yeah. than what I've been doing. It's going to be um, – Massive doing, exposure. Yeah, yeah. I was going to do fill-in for the first year, so it was going to be a lot of nights every holiday – all the weekends, almost back mm-hmm. to like when I started. Wow, yeah. Um, and I just wanted to make sure he was on board because he'd be Mr. Mom for a lot of those weekends and the holidays. So he said yes, and I jumped in. And again, it's one of those things where three and a half years have been a complete blur, but it's it's been the best couple of years and of my life. And how old are your kids now? Nine and four. Oh think gosh. about that for a minute. I know I heard you talking about Channing turning mm-hmm. six, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's the transition between like kid and then like yes, we almost are, like young person. We path. are we are like on the cusp. I can see it. Like she'll say things sometimes or have a look sometimes, and I'll just look at her and I'm like, she's a kid. Like she, we're my baby, baby yeah. is gone, and it like my heart catches a little bit because I you know remember when I first started this, she was two. I mean, you've probably heard. At the beginning where she's of the show, she says, come on, mama. So cute. And she was like mm-hmm. two, just over two when, um, when I had her do that. And then at the end where she'll go, mama, funny. If you guys haven't heard that at the end, <laughs> that's Channing when she's two going, mama, funny. And she would just come in here and play with the microphones with me. Um, but now, now she's like, bye mom. She's in there watching cartoons. (laughs) She does not care. She's over me. But you know, the flip side of that is we're actually recording a podcast episode while she's in there hanging out. And that is the, that is ultimately why I started this is so I could find something to be at home with my daughter that would give me the flexibility to invite people over that I wanted to get to know more that I wanted to know more about and make friends with them, <laughs> you know, be like, be my friend. <laughs> Cause I didn't have a lot of mom friends. I don't know what your mom community was like, but I, um, and I've said this before, I, I didn't have a lot of any mom friends around me maybe one or two people that I knew that had kids. Um, but nobody that had them at the age, you know, that had just given birth, they were all older. So I just sort of was feeling very lonely and especially, you know, with people in the entertainment industry and act other actors or in broadcasting, uh, it's a different kind of, it's a different kind of career and it's a different hours. I mean, you're talking about filling in on holidays and weekends and nights and it's the same thing with news and broadcasting. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I just, it was, 
I wanted to create something and create a space where I could meet people who understood where I was coming from. I love that. And I do a version of that too, Heather, where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I want to get together with my girlfriends, but I don't really want to be away from the kids or, yeah. but it's kind of a work event. So, you yeah. know, I sort of turned girls night into a work event somehow, you know, or I mm-hmm. blog about it or it's an event that I'm going to, or I'm hosting. So tell me mm-hmm. more about your blog. How has that expanded? Cause I saw you at this awesome event. Um, and my friend Susie, who does happy mess moments, yes. um, ha- she's my happy mess mom friend. And, um, she hosted this wonderful philanthropic event at the Ronald McDonald house here in Hollywood, mm-hmm. um, where we went and created a meal of love for the people who are living there and staying there, um, while they were getting treatment for illnesses. If you don't know about it, um, look it up. It's a wonderful organization. Um, but that's when I really got to like, know you, we've been messaging and, and, and stuff on Instagram, but that's when I really got to see you. And I was like, hi. <laughs> well, thank you for like, being be so gracious. Friend. No, because I was, so, I think I was arranging fruit on a platter and you walked mm-hmm. by and I was like, oh, motherhood in Hollywood. <laughs> Again, like, I feel like I know you because the podcast, but Instagram, but yeah. then I saw you and I was like, oh yeah. my God, and Rosie, the hustling mama, same thing. She's like, motherhood yeah. in Hollywood. Oh, oh my, my God. Gosh. So, so cute. You guys are so, so sweet. sweet. Oh my God. Well, I yeah. loved, well, I loved being there and I love getting to know you guys better because I feel like sometimes, um, LA is huge and there's a lot of moms here. There's a lot of moms in the mom space. Everybody's kind of like trying to figure out their thing and doing mm-hmm. their thing. And sometimes we don't always run in the same circles. Um, and it feels like we should be, you know? So I'm <laughs> like, strength in numbers. there is strength in numbers. Yeah. So it, so I was so happy to connect, um, with the, it's the LA mommy blogger, blogger tribe. tribe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to make sure I say that right. Um, if you're in LA and you're a mommy blogger and you're interested in that, um, check out their Facebook group, check out, and they're also on Instagram as well. Um, great group of ladies here in town. They do get togethers and stuff like that. And you're a part of that. And did you co-find, co-found that with her? I wish I had. No, they, they found me and invited me to join it. And you know, it's interesting, Heather, because I didn't have a lot of mom friends, either Mm -hmm. friends that had kids really early, or I had a lot of friends that were acting that were still kind of trying to get things going or in radio and just felt like I'll, I'll do it at some point or, you know, or we've decided not to, you know, but I just sort of found myself alone and my son had colic. So I think I tried one sort of mommy and me play date thing mm-hmm. and he was screaming the whole time so oh, no. I left and never went back oh, no. <laughs> and that was the end of that even though it was a great program so for me when I started reconnecting with some mm-hmm. friends who'd had kids and again we found each other on Instagram mm-hmm. and realized we lived close together it totally changed my it life changes, because yeah. you know I got what everybody else had been talking about oh I can ask this person for advice mm-hmm. or you know other moms that were sort of hustling at the same time and trying to start new things and they get the weird hours or they get if you have yeah. to cancel something because yeah. you know work called you at the last minute so I found mm-hmm. that there was just sort of an understanding there that was really nice yeah, yeah. and I think um it's been really interesting to me too to like meet other moms and because when I first started this, it was so like actor focused. Um, and I, and I realized quickly, like, I don't want this to just be about actors because after a while we all sort of have this same story. <laughs> like we're all struggling to try to make it and, you know, um, um, we're all hustling in that way. And I realized that there's so many wonderful stories to tell in this from radio to stylists, to people who are in fashion and the entertainment industry, to people who are, um, you know, reality show producers or, you know, whatever it might be. Everybody has, um, a story of how they're juggling parenting with this crazy, you know, entertainment life here in LA. 
And um, it's really been such a source of like comfort for me and strength for me because hearing everything you said, the conversations you had with your husband were the same conversations I had with mine. Literally, I was like, well, I feel like if we don't have a kid, we've been married 10 years before we decided to start trying to have a baby. I said, I feel like if we don't, we will regret it because there's a going to come a point where I'm not going to be able to. And if we don't, then... I think we would absolutely regret it. And, and I'm so glad that we, we did when we did, because then we got, you know, our little bunny and, and, um, it's just changed my life in so many ways and helped me connect with people like you and, and, um, some of my closest friends now who are moms in the entertainment industry. And it's just been like life changing. And I'm, I'm not going to cry. <laughs> I might cry. cry. <laughs> well, I love that you love being a mom, Heather. I do. I, I do. You can I, just tell, yeah. like, looking at your stories and the fun stuff you guys do, and you just see yeah. the joy on your face when you look at her, and it's really beautiful. Thank you. I'm so mm-hmm. glad that comes across because I, um, I'm not – I'm certainly not um, the best mom, you know, anybody who says they are is, is lying, but um, I I could be better. I know I could be doing things better, but I want to, I want to learn and grow and be a better mom, you know, like I'm going to make mistakes and Lord knows I do all the time, but I feel like through conversations with other moms, I read a lot. Um, I read other people's blogs all the time, you know, just to see what is everybody else doing. Um, but I also want her to have fun. Like I want her to get to do things I didn't get to do. And I don't know Mm -hmm. if you feel that way about your kids, but it's sort of like, you just want them to have everything, but not be spoiled. Right. And entitled. Try a lot of things and have those Mm -hmm. memories. I mean, like I always joke, my son loves trains. And so he started riding the Metro here in LA when he was five. Oh wow. I didn't ride a train until I was almost 30. You just bought him a ticket and said, good luck kid. Yeah. I'll see you in Pasadena. (laughs) Well, you know, and I think the other thing too, Heather, the ble- I mean, there's so many blessings, like mm-hmm. you were saying, to, to come out of being a mom, but it helped me not take things at work so seriously. Sure. I mean, before kids, like if somebody looked at me wrong or I got a mean email, like I was devastated. And now it's like, are my kids healthy? Okay, it's going to be all right. Right. <laughs> like, we're no. going to get through this. You're absolutely yeah. right. You're absolutely right. So I would love to know where you see the future of radio going. Do you think that it's going to get even stronger? Do you think um, more people are going to move over to streaming radio? Or do you think it's just going to keep chugging along? It just, I'm going to answer that question right now for everyone. (laughs) I think it depends on how well radio continues to connect and really serve the Mm -hmm. local communities. Mm -hmm. Because you have a lot of stations now where they'll have one jock that's on 20 different radio stations. And you'll hear them talking about things. um, Like a generic kind of? Kind of generic, yeah. You can still connect and you can still be very relatable. But Mm -hmm. it could be pouring down rain and you'll never hear them mention that. You know, in Uh, L.A., that's a big deal. Yes. You know, people like change their life around the rain. Armageddon. Armageddon. I can't go anywhere. It's raining. So I think if we continue to do that, like we're doing a big beach cleanup that's Mm -hmm. coming up. Our our company is very focused on service. And in fact, I met you on a volunteer day from work because they want us to be out in the community. That's so great. Helping and doing things. And I think that's great for influencers Mm -hmm. too. You know, as we get more eyeballs on us, we can use that spotlight to point people towards some really great causes. So I I think it's only going to get more competitive. I forget there are, what, 700,000 podcasts right now easily and still you know only 30 percent of people listen to podcasts so there are going to be you know more episodes coming out more people Mm -hmm. turning their attention to this space so we're only going to have to get better and better and better every single time I also want to talk to you about um voiceover work Mm -hmm. 
now I don't know if that's something you do or something you're interested in, but I know my manager has been really encouraging me to try to get involved in that. She's like, you already have the setup. You should be doing it. Yes. Well, I had a previous manager who told me, oh, you'll never make it in voiceover. It's too competitive. And I'm like, I'm in LA. Everything is competitive. Like, why not just try? The preschool's competitive, the preschools right? Preschools are competitive. Survive that. Yeah, voiceover exactly. will be a piece of cake. Exactly. Well, um, it, so do you do voiceover? Is that something you also do? Or are you allowed to? I do a little bit here and there. And it's funny because people are like, what's your character voice? I said, well, I don't do that kind of voiceover. Yeah, I yeah. wish I had that kind of personality to do it. Uh, and I think your manager said that because everybody that's not not in entertainment goes someone told me I have a good voice I think I'm going to do voice totally. and they don't realize it is like acting I yes. mean it, it is a skill it is a talent yes. you study that you work on your craft uh, and again a lot of actors do that so you're mm-hmm. competing with people like you mm-hmm. who already know how to find the character and find the voice right. I think you should do it I think you should totally do I it I played for her so I did an audio audio a children's audio series um a couple of years ago and I can play it for you sometime if you want I love that but I played Dinah Dinosaurus and she was <laughs> this like southern country dinosaur that loved to lasso and like you know and they had me sing a song and I nearly died I was like oh god I have not sung since like middle school um but it was so much fun to do and I played it for my manager and she's like you have to use this it's so great um so it's something I want to do but it's just like another layer of like do I really want to like I would be half-assing it a little bit because I don't have the time to fully invest in mm-hmm. in it so I want to be like if you want to submit me that would be great but I don't know that I'm gonna like take voiceover classes and like I can barely get myself to auditions these days so I could like, do a lot online you just do a webinar right you I could do, do like a webinar a TED, <laughs> a TED talk yeah I um, do think it's great that you can do it from home. I do think voiceover mm-hmm. is a great yeah. career for moms. A lot of the top voiceover guys live in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. So they're making LA money and they're living in Kansas That's or crazy. Missouri. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's easier because a lot of the gigs, like let's say you're doing something for entertainment tonight. Mm-hmm. If breaking news happens, you have to get your butt back to your home studio. So yes. you can't go too far between these certain hours before the show airs because yeah. they might be changing it up until 10 minutes before broadcast on the East Coast. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there are two different ways to do voiceover you can be the fun girl next door and just Mm -hmm. be the absolute best fun girl next door Mm -hmm. or you can be the person with a million voices so there are two schools sort of with voiceover I don't know that I have a million voices maybe three I have maybe three I have maybe three solid voices (laughs) it's definitely something I'm I want to explore a little bit more and I told my manager I was like well let's let's start it let's start the conversation at least because I do have all the equipment um, I also get told all the time, oh, you have a great voice. And I'm like, yeah, you say that to everybody. Um, but I really do, Lara. I you really do, do have a good voice. I know. I was like, I love listening to you in the car. There's a guy, in, uh, our afternoon guy, Greg, mm-hmm. does a ton of voiceover. He's done oh, yeah. audio books from his home studio. He does a lot, he does training videos. Oh, see, There's a stuff ton like of money, Heather, to yes. be made in like medical training videos or airline videos. I worked with a guy who did voiceover, and he had like a beach house or something just based off of his voiceover work. And yeah. I I was like, I am in the wrong, I have chosen the wrong path somewhere. I don't have a beach house. You can always be in your t-shirt and make tons of money. Yeah. And there's, uh, Greg was telling me about a guy he knows that's one of the top guys on voice one, two, three, which is a website, you know, where they can like a job search type thing. And this guy, I mean, they could be asking for a young boy, a lady, what he doesn't pay attention to any of the direction, you know, because they'll say, we're looking for a read that's smooth or up tempo or whatever. He just does his normal read and on to the next one and will blow through 60 
auditions a day and makes hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. He just figures I'll be right for one of them and books constantly. So in some ways it's a number. I'm going to write that down and I'm going to start doing that. (laughs) I'm going to start doing that. Um, We met the voiceover artist for the My Little Pony. A couple of them were at that event last week and it was cool. The girl who, um, the woman I should say, who voices Applejack and Rainbow Dash and Channing was like, (gasps) she heard her She because she was doing her voice and Channing flipped her head around because she heard Applejack. Like she's like, I know who that is. Um, and it's so cute to see their faces light up when they get to see the, the voices that she's listened to time and time again. So um, that's basically how I feel when I see you because I've heard your voice many <laughs> times and now I get to see you in person. This is really special. So Aww, I'm so glad you came you. all this way and um, took the time to come and talk with me. I want to make sure before we go to tell everybody where we can follow you on social media and then remind everybody again where they can listen to you. Oh, well, thank you. So you can hear me Monday through Friday on K-Earth 101 and again on the radio.com app. You can search for K-Earth, K-E-A-R-T-H and then I'm on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Lara Scott Media and my blog is larascottmedia.wordpress.com. Love it. There you go. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right, you guys, I'm going to put up information about Lara on Motherhood in Hollywood as well and some links to where you can follow her and find out more information about her uh, show on K-Earth. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful week. And remember, I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. Balls.